And like Roy Jones said, I said, y'all must have forgot. Y'all must have forgot. Y queremos Palestina. Libre y libre y libre y viva, viva Palestina. The civil war has been quite fruitless. It's a people defending themselves against a fascist government. Now the revolution has got to be perfect. It's got to be flawless. Well, that isn't my criteria. My EMP, the podcast on the Public Pulse News Network. Sounds nice, right? That like sounds it. nice. It sounds very official. I like it a lot. You guys are very official. Uh, let's let's get into this. I'm uh, Amin TMK, aka Amin Drew Law, plus size model, pronouns he him. I'm the producer here at uh, EMP, the podcast on the Public Pulse News Network. I got two counterparts. You already know what it is. Can y'all introduce yourself? This it's the motherfucking little tanky that could. You already know, man. Bringing you that fucking hood perspective with that commie shit. And it's Kita. Okay, KK. Kita Marshall. Uh, we are anti KKK on this. Podcast. Oh, that's true. But <laughs> I, I was referring this why we switched away from you know what I'm saying Matrix. We had too many uh, Trumpers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you giving homage to the. Well, first I just want to say that Okay KK comes from Little Scrappy. Um, that's back in Crunk. But I understand that you hate music from the South. You're a South music hater, and you hate everything from the South. I'm your huckleberry. See, what, what, what he's doing right now is establishing how much I love him because he knows as a Southern gentleman, I shoot niggas for shit like this. Um, I, I am, for all of my pro-justice reform shit, I'm still a big fan of take 10 steps and turn. I really do. Y- y'all could think this is problematic or whatever the fuck. I really do wish we would bring dueling back because it would stop fake motherfuckers from opening their mouth on the internet and I'm shit like that. I, I'm for dueling. That's how Southern I am. Okay. What All right. So intro. <laughs> we, we changed the name, uh, f- you know, you know, for a few reasons. You know, we thought Exit the Matrix. You know, I love the movies, The Matrix. I think that they're really impactful. Yeah, I put out yeah. a spoken word CD, man. The Red Pill. And this shit is still banging. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, find uh, Buy that wherever you find... Um, um, emoji the moment somewhere yeah, merchandise. This shit is mad problematic, y'all. I was much younger. I meant well. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But, but the music is pop. You can cash app them though. You right. know what I'm saying? That's real. That's Fact. a fact. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just you know not to spend too much time, but like some of our listeners have been rocking with us for three plus years. You know, yeah. we over we went over fifty episodes uh, with Exit the Matrix podcast. The name changes, but the content stays the same, though. I think it was a refocusing. You know, it was time to really think about what we represent and what we're trying to do. So I'm definitely with it. By the way, man. We won. The Dems won all of the pro- world peace. How are you enjoying world peace? You know, so let, let's let's talk about that because, um, you know, during our refocusing, we wanted to have uh, a bunch of different types of segments. We didn't want to, you know, necessarily, um, you know pigeonhole ourselves into just a few different things so we're just going to call you know these topics and 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 these you know sections they're going to be a little more focused but uh uh, we're going to have a variety of them so this first um thing that i wanted to dive into this was big news Mm. uh even mainstream news uh, picked up on this uh you know it's on fox it's it's everywhere um and uh, apparently um democrats vice president kamala kamala harris uh went on a, I guess like a diplomatic, uh, you you know, trip to Guatemala, and uh, I, I'm 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 just gonna play what Please she do. said, Please and we'll do. talk a little bit uh, about it. Um, but this is Kamala Harris uh, while uh, she was in Guatemala. 
And I want to emphasize that the goal of our work is to help Guatemalans find hope at home. At the same time, I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. The United States will continue to enforce our laws and secure our border. There are legal methods by which migration can and should occur. Do not come. Do not come. Didn't she fucking come? Like, ain't her mom yeah. fucking Indian? Ain't her dad fucking and that's Jamaican? A fact. Like, this is that bullshit, right? And this is why, again, man, it, it's a nuanced conversation, but this is why I draw a big distinction between Caribbeans, uh, uh, people from the Caribbean, uh, black English people, uh, English black, uh, English Africans, and, and Africans uh, from black culture. We all are brown and black people, like, as far as the skin goes, but we have different fucking cultures, man. Black culture has stood toe-to-toe with brown culture for all of the bullshit we've had to experience with our experience in the West for the past 300 fucking years. You know what I'm saying? Toe-to-toe. Going with enslavement and having them have their lands stolen at the point of a gun. Like, black culture deeply identifies with brown culture. And to hear this kind of shit, it creates, like, it create these motherfuckers rode to power on quote-unquote intersectionality. Well, that's the thing, because they campaigned on allowing more migrants to apply for asylum along that border. And, of course, everybody is telling us, hey, you know, we have to do better. We'll make sure they inf- do all these things, they- all the change they would say. And the moment these people are in power, it is not acknowledging all of the capitalist, colonial, corporate damages that the U.S. did to these countries and the reason that they're fleeing their countries in the first place, how America is directly responsible for that. Um, I mean, we could talk about, like, Mexico's water crisis, the really bloody political elections that they're going through, and the United States directly contributed to it. And, of course, she's not going to acknowledge that. She's like... We want you to have hope, but absolutely not here. And how that matches the rhetoric of hypernationalism. Let's also then, and I know, I mean, this is your point. I just want to say this and I'm going to jump no, off. Go in, go in. The United States of America destabilized Central America. This was a hallmark of the fucking Reagan. Continues to do so. Foreign policy. Yeah. Absolutely. Talking about Peru and. Absolutely. She's not saying, don't come. We are deeply sorry for what we've done for the past 150 years to your country, the United States is going to make it so that you don't have to come. We're going to make Guatemala a paradise on fucking earth like it was before we found it. She's not saying that shit. She's not saying don't come here because we're going to fix what we fucked up. She's saying, yeah, it's fucked up, but we're not doing shit about it. It's fucked up and fuck you. And fuck you. Vote. Vote blue. You know, I guess we hear this every year but or every election, but this election was very prevalent. Like, just get Joey in. And then we'll push him left. Just get Joey in and then we're going to hold him accountable. When is it enough? When do we do Dem Exit? When do the leftists divorce this platform that is bereft of any emotional or moral superiority to start create coalitions politically that, 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 that represent the values that we stand for? It's dead ass bereft, bro. Dead ass. I'm going to play a little something from my phone. I just, I found this and if you can't hear it, I'll, uh, 
I'll say more. Oh, let me give you a little context. This is uh, Kamala Harris, uh, I believe, two years ago at the Save the People campaign, whatever the fuck that means. And then what happens when they arrive at our borders? We, who have erected the Statue of Liberty, they arrive at our borders and we say, go back to where you came from. That is inhumane and it is immoral. And look, how, look how she grandstanding in this bitch, man. Five minutes later, do not come. <laughs> Five right. minutes later. Yeah, I mean, she also called Sleepy Joe a fucking segregationist in the debates and then was like begging to get shows. I mean, who can... All of these Democrats, man, do not have... At least the Republicans, they really believe in that fascist shit. They believe that shit. Oh, but you know, the difference is, is because they have a Latina in charge of all... So, you know, that's why we still have the internment camps because we got our token over here it shows the bankruptcy of representational politics i just wanted to read um one uh one tweet um that i really like um it's on our instagram which is public popping. it is also popping it's public pulse news you might have been following us on matrix podcast it's now public pulse news um but uh tweet right here representational politics has fried people's brains it's so embarrassing no critique just aspirations and vibes uh i thought Accurate. that that really does a, a good job of you know talking about all of this different representational politics bullshit um but there's there's plenty of bullshit y'all we up in this bitch man we we are. Are. oh it's so nice y'all don't know we've upgraded the studio like in a legitimate way maybe you can tell just listening how crazy the 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 upgrades have been but i'm um, so sorry how long it's taken us to get but i promise y'all uh, i'm not sorry okay i'm i was fucking tired depressed okay man i'm trying to do right I'm, I mean, you know, now... It is hard. Motherfuckers trying to sell books and shit. We out there trying to live, y'all. We out there trying to live. Life talk is hard. More. So I'm not going to apologize for that because it's been are hard you saying, for everybody. Keita, are you saying that we should start with forgiveness? <laughs> <laughs> As my very, very famous and well-known friend says, yes. Well, I'm going to wrap with this uh, before we switch out. Yo, in capitalism, you say you sorry with fucking cash. That's cash, a fact. Cash is how you say you sorry in capitalism. <laughs> Extreme poverty. Economics. We got news. Crypto. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. is money even? What is money? Okay. So, um, you know, existential crisis for economies and cash. China is the first major economy to create its own digital currency those damn chinese i know all i, I know, know is china bad that, that's where my end where it comes to my political no, 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 understanding no no, no, no no stop asian hate oh true but china bad well oh, yeah technically oh the chinese aren't asians i don't know if you know this oh. that's the wrong number so when we're saying stop asian hate what we mean is like japanese south koreans and uh people from taiwan and hong kong those are some simone biles gymnastics for the mental right there no. right that's a yeah, fact that's i just want to say that, that was a lot um so it's the first major economy to do <laughs> thank its you own for keeping us currency. on track yeah we're gonna keep on track about digital currency cryptocurrencies digital currencies and uh the infamous bitcoin so, you know, yeah. So so China is saying that they are going to nationalize a, like a national Bitcoin kind of situation. Is that what's happening? Yeah, they're all. Yeah, it's going to be their own version of Bitcoin, essentially, but managed on a national level and international. We can think about. But what is 
fascinating. I won't say fascinating because it can be really scary. But when we're talking about digital privacy and how Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies aren't part of that conversation, because it doesn't exist. And global powers have been trying to figure out how to not like China is maybe the first to make the official announcement. But like, let's be clear, there are a lot of countries and economies that are trying to figure out how to create their own cryptocurrency. But what's worrisome about it is because um, we came up with this during the pandemic, too, where uh, businesses were saying, oh, cash could be a carrier of COVID. So we are not going to accept cashless. cash. Yeah, we're going to go cashless. We're only going to accept credit cards. And how much that eliminates people from the economic system who who will never gain access to it. How cryptocurrency has become another level to that, even yeah. though it promised to be anti-capitalist. It's, it's, it's supposed anti- to be anti-elitist, yeah. but it's incredibly elitist. Incredibly who the fuck knows how to get I can't if I can't get a bank account but I can get some bitcoin you know what I'm saying if I'm a, a houses person and I you know someone's giving me cash on the street now I can't even utilize that what am I going to go to a local bitcoin place and trade in my $6 for 0.00000000000003 bitcoin you know can you buy a house with bitcoin no I don't, here's the, and it's such a volatile market, man. It is I don't such a volatile market. Get what people market. are, you know, so hype about. But also, we have to connect it to the way it tracks you. And now that they've gathered all of this data on us through Google, through Apple, through our smartphones in general, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is another way to do that. And when you think about how, of course, we haven't eliminated oppressions, we haven't eliminated like the systemic systems that continue to murder people across the globe that cryptocurrency then becomes another way to track you and track what you do because it'll mean especially if countries own it. now it's international you you won't be able to spend your what's because it's not considered your money it'll probably be considered licensing so you can't spend your cryptocurrency in an unproved way that means a central bank can decide um if saving money would hurt the economy they can ensure that you can't save any of the cryptocurrency that you've gained. Um, oh God! Yeah, and and oh and of God. course, I mean, but that's what all of these digital markers. We always have to think about the ways that will track you because that came out with credit cards. Yeah, well, How they the said FBI, it wouldn't. Though. It was oh a gosh. blatant. It was a blatant lie, you know. And this is what happened, uh, you know, during the early Bitcoin years where. The only thing I knew about Bitcoin is you could buy drugs on the internet with them. And that's why I was excited about Bitcoin. But of course, those days, not to say that they're over, like, like you were saying, it's regulated now. It's You think it's untraceable? Do you, do you think 4% of the entire world economy is untraceable? Do you really believe that money, something that always funnels up, in just because it's in Bitcoin form, that somehow rich people are not going to be aware and invested in this aspect of, and will continue to control it. You know, this is what I'm gonna say as a fucking hood boy. <clears throat> Shit, I can't touch. I don't believe in. Shit, I can't touch. I don't believe in. Bottom line, <laughs> that's right? a good one. That's so, a good line. You know what I'm saying? So, like, even when you're talking about the concept of what money is, what what United States dollar notes represent, it is fiat currency. Now, for those of y'all that don't know, fiat means something that is a proclamation that is insured by another power, normally a government. A government says. I'm good for it. And so a dollar represents a promise of the federal government saying I'm good for a dollar worth of this thing. Right. There was a time when cash was not fiat. 
It wasn't I'm good for it. It didn't matter. This coin is fucking gold. Gold is good for it. You know what I'm saying? Which is why a lot of countries are like millions and billions and trillions of dollars in debt and people can't understand why this is why. Because they don't have the gold to be good yeah. for it. Now, the real thing is the United States economy is a dollarized economy, but what really backs that currency is petroleum. Petroleum globally is traded on the dollar standard. So, like, you can always trade that government's promise of, oh, I'm good for it, and for some fucking oil. Something that literally has a value in this fucking world. Cryptocurrency? You're not even talking about a government's promise of being good for it now. Who the fuck is the, who's good for it? Whose promise is it that this is worth something? Which, and cryptocurrency can't keep that promise, but it also serves you how insidious the system is because, I mean, it's right, Bitcoin made a bunch of, it would keep you anonymous. It would be anti-capitalist because anyone would be able to have access to it. It's going to really like disrupt that would have been dope. currency itself and the way we think about currency. And of course, now that countries are trying to own it, and I'm not trying to shit on just China. They're the first major economy, but other countries are absolutely trying to do this yeah. in order to rid itself, rid cryptocurrency of the anonymity. Just thinking about y'all talking about crypto, you, you know what it makes me think of? Yeah. Eminem. <laughs> like, okay, okay <laughs> wow, for the first, like, three years I knew about you, I was intrigued. Like, what, what what's going on with this? This yeah. could be dope. But the shit been whack for the last 15 years years you, you look you had a bubble in the beginning it, it, it sounded like it could be something but it actually was worse than nothing well let me let me just say what it reminds me of as a as a dude that came up and, and seen the 2000s it reminds me of enron with virtual assets and like you just you stupid if you don't get it you're just not smart enough to understand virtual assets when in reality these motherfuckers are literally trading their losses as profits well the, of course it's led to the stock market and wall street which don't make sense because they are trading on things that we've made up and it's led to cryptocurrency i mean there's like a whole bunch in the middle but it's led to cryptocurrency and cryptocurrency has led to stupid shit like nfts where they're like Hey, the you're buying right. the idea of art, not art itself. And <laughs> it exploded overnight, but we wouldn't have this this unreality of, right. wow, they really have us convinced that a, all these things are real. It's that a dead-ass straight line from fucking Enron. You know what I'm saying? Straight line from that well, shit. And you were both mentioning this, like... You know, Bitcoin, like, well, what is it? It's just in the air. It's just, you know, it's something that you can't touch. But actually, it is kind of a thing. It's a server somewhere in the world, that, like just like an NFT that specifically holds this blockchain. That's what you hear when the, the Bitcoin bros, the Logan Paul Bitcoin bros are always like, it's the blockchain, bro. Keeps everything together. But what's happening is these servers are now taking up. And so, so I, Bitcoin is four percent of all money in the world. I, I thought that was a very high number. I'm actually surprised it's that high, but it actually uses thirty percent as much energy as all the banks' servers in the world. There's something it, that it does not exist, but has a very right. real cost. Well, it like already racism. What it reminds me of, what it reminds me of, is what Fidel Castro rest his soul used to say 
know what I'm saying? A real one. Uh, shout out to a fucking real one. Used to say about how the West practices uh, renewable energy, right? He's like, when you look at the ethanol economy, where it takes the amount of the amount of corn it takes to fill a, a, an SUV up, a midsize SUV up one time is the amount of corn it would take to feed a family of four for a year. This is one gas tank full of ethanol. And he's like, this is literally how you feed the machine, overfeeding people. And Bitcoin becomes that same thing. Now power that could literally be utilized to provide energy for people all around the world is being utilized to keep millionaires who dream of being billionaires, private uh, currency that they don't want to declare on their fucking taxes, their laundry. Can I, can I put it into some context just to go yeah. off what you're saying? Um, so a digit economist, okay, that's a real thing, you know, in this world <laughs> of academia, you have a sure. digit economist. Digit economists have put together a Bitcoin energy consumption index, which tracks the energy consumption of the digital currency. According to uh, the Bitcoin energy consumption index, each Bitcoin transaction consumes 251 kilowatts of electricity that is enough power uh, enough to power 8.49 u.s homes for a full day given that there are around 300,000 bitcoin transactions every day this equates to a lot of homes that could be powered it's not solar panel it's not and solar power it's not wind power it's not you you, you know what i'm saying uh any any renewable source and, you know, and this is the thing, you know, this is why, you know, I always have this t conversation on the gram of, of the Elon Musk bros versus the Bitcoin bros. You know, they, they are always the most annoying to get through because they actually worship Bitcoin or they worship Elon Musk. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like you can't really there's always a wall that you just can't break. But, you know, and, and they're always like, well, you know, they're finding new ways to to make it to make it less uh, energy harmful to the to the environment. And it's like. Yeah, but you see that the power is going up every single year. 30% of all energy consumption, or, or it's 30%, the same amount of all the banks in all of the world. Yeah. You, 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 you want to talk about, oh, well, it's untrackable and it's untraceable, which, you know, again, I contest. If but even if it was. Yeah, if it's in a digital space, it can be tracked. I mean, if, if let's just say 50% of the economy was on some sort of cryptocurrency, that would be more energy than the world uses. It's completely unsustainable. And it's like, here should be the end of the conversation. But because it's money and because you worship money, we, we people literally worship money. Like, let's just be a million percent here. Right. And, you know, you tell people about this and it's like, well, you know, it's a hundred excuses of why not to leave it. And this is the problem, I think, with just capitalism in general. Whatever flavor you choose, whether it's fake money from a bank or fake money from a server somewhere in fucking switzerland <laughs> you know it, it's not real but but i'm gonna end with this right um whatever else y'all have to say why is untraceable such a big deal like if you're not a libertarian why do you want your money to be untra pay your fucking taxes pay your taxes because without taxes we don't have libraries we don't have firefighters we don't have fucking roads why do you want money that's untraceable so that you cannot pay your fucking taxes? Stop being a piece of shit and pay your fucking taxes. <laughs> well, that's what billionaires do. Then they just come out with the, uh, 
The report that like the top forty uh, richest people in the world pay like no taxes. None. They they look up to that. They accept that it's okay not to tax the rich because they just believe themselves temporarily poor. So it's like, oh well, I'm not gonna pay taxes either because I'm gonna be rich soon. You know, that's yeah. that's what they call a rich no, mentality. Never. You're just a poor person who thinks like a billionaire. <laughs> you yeah. know, which means you get nothing. Father, you know, nothing. You know, you're just a narcissist, a broke narcissist. Yeah. Speaking of a Billy, Google apparently saved a billion dollars a year from everyone working from home due to COVID-19. Wait, 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 wait. They saved a billion dollars? Yeah, because, you know, they didn't have to pay travel. They didn't have to, you know, pay for the electricity in their buildings. They didn't have to pay for, you know, the cafeteria and the sleep pods. So, <laughs> sleep pods. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know, it's hilarious that they do have those. Um, what it, You know, but I thought that everyone was going to be lazy just working from home, not doing shit. You know, you got to come into work so we can look over your shoulder while you work on fucking, you know, some app that, like, shows you what kind of shampoo is good for your skin or something like we need to watch you it's this kind of shit that really uh to me it it lays bare that capitalism is a new thing as opposed to the reimagination of what mercantilism is and beyond that fucking uh fiefdom and serfs because your surf ass should never be having any fun okay when there's money you could be making for the fucking lord and also the disparities between that because first of all these companies have these companies and their owners and founders have touched trillionaire status i mean the graphs and the data is out there that people who were already astronomically wealthy compared to the poorest in our society tripled and quadrupled their earnings and none of it's ever going to get passed down only to the shareholders right only to the shareholders they worship the share the, the employees let them die in a fucking ditch but the shareholders, we got to make sure endless consumption. I mean, but that's not an exact. We did let people die. These companies oh, murdered people. I was trying and to be figurative, but I was literal. But it's not. It's literal. <laughs> it is because, like, the pandemic killed millions of people, and we don't talk about those numbers anymore. As and especially as these corporations are talking about um, how much money they've saved from work from home, while there were people in retail and in restaurant industry who were dying because their companies were like, well, we have to stay open, and but also we're going to lobby to make sure that we're not held liable if you catch COVID while on the job with us. It's And, of course, Google is one of those companies that, as we were talking about it, people who don't pay their fucking taxes. Um, so I'll, they make an extra billy, mm-hmm. and then they get the tax breaks, and then, then they don't pay the taxes, but then they also don't pay their employees. Yep. And this is supposedly a nah google google probably actually has relatively nice packages compared to like amazon like working at google is probably you probably kind of you know i mean for for a middle class life google is probably one of the better employees especially like if you a cishet white dude you know where you don't got to deal with all the microaggressions and shit you in san francisco you probably Uh, making a hundred thousand hundred twenty thousand i hear that i hear that you know, but it also should be said that whatever they're making, it's not necessarily a percentage sure, no, of what Google absolutely. is making. I'm, it's I'm a salary. literally only comparing it to working for Amazon. Or a small family-run business on Amazon. Goes into the aspect of like people saying that people who work with you know boxing things up 
who can't even pee is unskilled right. labor. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So it just goes back to this, like, well, Google sees, you know, the fact that, like, th- this is, like, quote, unquote, you know, skilled labor. Like, oh, you're not a code. You're a very important person. You're going to get this money. Um, but, you know, like like I said, you know, some yeah. work at Amazon, they don't feel that And way. Google doesn't give it back to the to the cities and, and states that it destabilizes just like Amazon building all of these corporate headquarters contributing into gent- contributing to absolutely gentrification yeah. because of course you know you're bringing in all of the uh, cishet white dudes trying to be coders and developers and et cetera et cetera um, that drives up the cost of housing and the cost of living astronomically to where these people who work for Google feel like they can't afford to live in Silicon Valley I think Mo Man was talking about it. Like taxes, I believe in taxes. I, I believe in people, um, you know, putting their resources together to build better, new, great things, you know, huge projects that just a few people can't do. But that's not the nature of taxes in the government. You know, the, the object is to tax you and that money, fun- it's trickle up economics, especially mm-hmm. in, in late stage capitalism that we're dealing with now. So, you know, you get Google that makes an extra billy, but that money doesn't go back into the economy. It just stays in their pockets right. when really, you know, they should be paying most of that billion dollars back to, you know, and, and Google's a trillion dollar company. I'm a billion. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't hurt them, but it, it definitely doesn't wound them. Look, you know what I'm saying? At so, the end of the day, the United States government built the Internet, DARPA. All of that came from United States citizens, taxpayer money. money. Yep. And all of these big tech companies should be paying the fuck back. You didn't do the research and development for this. The fucking government did. And so you have even more of an obligation to pay your fucking taxes. That's a fact. So it's been a hot minute, y'all. Um... This COVID shit is still real as fuck. It's popping still. It's real as fuck, man. I look, you know, with my weather app, man, in D.C., it tells me how many people every day catch COVID, how many people have died from COVID every day. And it's kind of a morbid thing. And I check it every day when I see, like, is it going to rain today? Or, you know what I'm saying? And, And, like, the numbers fluctuate. One day, it might just be 20 new cases in D.C. One day, it might be 150. But India? India's on another fucking level. India is right now the epicenter of fucking COVID. They are, they have 20, they have had so far 29,400, I'm sorry, 29,439,989 confirmed cases. It surpassed the COVID numbers. And what makes this extra absurd is, is, of course, we always talk about this when we talk about economies and world powers. India is the largest producer of these COVID-19 vaccines. Well, the reagents. They the make reagents, the reagents. Which is a critical part of this vaccine. Then they get sent to the West. They get sent out of the country. That and is it's suffering. an export. And, yes. You know, I mean, and it's basically an export. They're not even allowed to re-import these reagents. Yes. And, because and, of these weird restrictions that the UK and the US have had around protecting the patents of these vaccines over allowing just like the corporations them to be replicated. Protecting the, the, the Internet becomes a commodity. And now 
vaccines, however you feel about them, become a commodity. But then you understand why the people are so pissed off at a puppet like Modi, oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying, who literally his only job is to stoke Islamophobia, right? And cater to the West. And cater to the fucking mm. West. To at be a hedge against China at the expense of, of hundreds of, of millions. millions of people. When, when you look at 29 million cases, the United States population is 250 million. So you're talking about one tenth the population. Fact check, 330 million. Oh, we're at the 330. My uh, bad. America, 330 million. I'll, the crack team. No, no, no. No, it's no, totally no, good. I got the crack team on it. Yeah. I know it's good. Sorry, continue. Wow. <laughs> I just didn't want to lie to our... Uh... So some somewhere close to, it would be somewhere close to 1 in 11 Americans. It's somewhere between 1 in 11 or 1 in 10 Americans having COVID. That would be the equivalent scale for that kind of a number. You're talking about... 370,000 deaths in India right now. That's more than most American cities. You know, I mean, that's not taking care of your metropolises like Chicago and New York. But I tell you what, it's bigger than Little Rock. It's bigger than Waukegan. It's big, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what is really concerning is that, um, you know, we talked about India being, you know, the top country for reagents. And I think it is for a couple other uh, medical aspects. But there's no respirators. I mean, there's no like real hope of recovery if you're suffering from, you know, the uh, the 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 lung deficiencies. You know what I'm saying? The the you know, when it reduces your lung capacity, like they don't have, um, you know, the equipment, you know. So really, there's not a lot of hope for people there. And we talk about Modi, you know, and what will we what was the big thing with India not even six, seven months ago. It was the strike. And so you have to look at this from a non-cynical point of view, from a real politic point of view, as this is This a, is what we do. You know, this is why it's important for us to talk about this. Go ahead. My bad. I just... No, no, no. This is I, important. I absolutely love it. You have to look at it as a cynical ploy to create low-range eugenetics. This is something where you can wipe out a good portion of the population that can't afford to get this. And like now it's like... How many of you motherfuckers can strike now? You have yeah. to look at it. Yeah. How many can strike now? I mean, you know, right right during the um, the BLM protests uh, last summer, you know, the height of, you know, COVID. And it's like, all right, well, you know, and back when it was Donnie J, it was bad. You know what I mean? Now it's fine, you know, with, with Joey in there. But, uh, you know, it was like, you know, people were dying at an incredibly high rate here Primarily as well. Primarily black and Latin A folks. Let's and just indigenous be real. community. Yeah, yeah. an indigenous you know, community. community for sure. Absolutely getting taken out by the virus. Once those numbers came out, then it was like. It was okay. Eh. And they know people who are more um, attached to and believe more in the status quo are people who are going to be more interested in vaccines. Like I said, whatever you think about vaccines, we do have to acknowledge that, you know, in this country, you know, people distrust the pharmaceutical and medical field so much, you know, it just is a part of life. And their whole idea of like, OK, let's vaccinate everybody was never going to be culturally appropriate for the United States. Now, maybe other countries are going to be into it. You know, I know that other the countries RNA... are facing this too. Japan can't um, convince its citizens because they're trying to do the Olympics still and they're not nearly at the they're vaccination. Still trying to do the Oli- they are still they are. trying to do I'm the not, Olympics. No, I'm surprised. Because they can't lose that money. Um, which it's not. It's just decent. Anyways, <laughs> I like watching the Olympics, but I hate the economic impact of yeah. the Olympics. I can't remember the last time I watched the Olympics. This is going to be dead ass. Oh, okay. But Simone Biles, man, the gymnastics team, 
You know, it sucks, man, because it ruins the things that we love. Um, but anyway, I, true, I digress. True. I digress. Um, but that other countries also, because their governments have instilled a fear in them from like really recent past fuck-ups, uh, Japan can't convince its citizens to take the vaccine because of their direct distrust of the government when they fucked up another rollout. Um, and so it's, of course, it puts their Olympic uh, hosting in jeopardy, but this is worldwide. I, I feel like a lot of attention is paid to anti-vaxxers who are, oh my gosh, they are something. It's just a conversation yeah. for another day. You yeah, it, it gets too big. Um, but that there is a historical and a racialized distrust. Of, exactly. Of these medical promises that are made. And if we don't look at the racial history of that, then, of course, it doesn't make sense. But you have to look at the racialized history of it. Like we have to do with Kamala Harris and being like, how dare you tell Guatemalans and Mexicans don't come like, bitch. You, <laughs> you came. Look at you came and look at out? and look at the where you went into other countries, coming into other countries to absolutely destabilize well, a their legal population. Way to do it, which means yeah. a wealthy family. There are legal methods. See, and I'm tired of that shit, man. Immigration can't just be well. This family got a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? So they get to come here because that is always a racialized argument. How you come to have money and how you don't have come. Not, to come to have money is always inherently a a, a gender issue, a race issue, a, an ethnic issue. These things are inextricably tied to who has money and who does not have money. So who's able to come and who's not able to come based upon these dynamics? You already know certain things about the politics of a family that has enough money to migrate, uh, to immigrate from Hong Kong to the United States of America. Well, uh, you know, the, the Queen of England. The Queen of England. The Lord of Crumpets and Tea I lived in a castle. has finally acknowledged that up until, like, what, the 60s, there were certain roles in the government and the court that were unofficially but absolutely officially forbidden from people of color. So it goes once again to colonization. You're able to come to my country and take all of my shit. Do not oh, come. I can immigrate to your country. I can be the right kind of immigrant that you let come in and become a British national or American national. However, there is an unofficial caste system where I can never get these kind of jobs. But it's so funny because, you know, the UK released a race report that said that they're not racist. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Boris. Boris. So... Johnson decided yeah, Boris Johnson. And yeah, he's an sarcastic. expert. When I think about critical race theory, I think about Boris Johnson. That's the first place my mind goes. Yeah. 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 Um, so a body of experts that advises the United Nations on human rights concerns uh, criticized a government backed report, government backed report that concluded there was no systemic racism in the United Kingdom. And, and we heard this. I mean, speaking of Kamala, didn't she just come out and be like, America is not a racist country? Do not come. You know, and now you have the UK just sort of, I mean, I don't know if they're puppeting it or they, they're cribbing it or maybe that, you know, white supremacy is just, you know, that hegemonic all throughout I, the world. Ten it's years ago, hegemonic. Texas changed its textbooks and there wasn't much talk about it, but they absolutely changed their textbooks to be like, no, the indigenous people were our friends, and we didn't kill them. We just gave them blankets. And black people from Obama. Africa were migrant workers. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, this goes back to the conversation we had, uh, you know, last year, talking about how Donnie J was trying to remove critical race theory, you know, from, like, 
any sort of um, you know, like textbooks or any sort of uh, curriculum throughout the schools. Anything that gets government funding. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, like this really is censorship, you know what I'm saying, to the max. When we talk about Donnie J getting banned from Facebook and, you know, a lot like our Instagrams. I know, Mo Man, you kind of had your own thing. Instagram banned you. I was you. banned for two weeks for <laughs> a Becky coming onto my page telling me don't make Meghan Markle's situation all about race. I don't even fucking like this person, Meghan Markle. But if we can't acknowledge her experience, I mean, it literally goes to what we just talked about. Uh, Princess of Wales is not a job for a fucking person of color. This is a job that is not you're not eligible for this and you got this yeah and i mean gosh a f- several podcasts ago where we had to read donny j's letter to the people where it was like hey all government agencies i don't know what these race equality trainings are but you can't do them anymore these race equality trainings are racist are racist right yeah. and this is all in line with it and and I mean, this is also why we have to pay attention to the global picture, because these things matter. And then once you hear about what the queen and the monarchy have done and essentially legislating any culpability that they have to face for violating discrimination laws um, and for for ensuring racist systems and practices and how we haven't ever escaped any of that because there has to be accountability before any of those things you it's impossible to look at any system of oppression in the united states without first acknowledging race before perhaps even gender i I wouldn't even say perhaps because as we all know white women wield more power in society than any other demographic barring white men systematically removing critical race theory not just from being taught but from people who have any of that mindset to move forward and move up in positions and platforms in the world. You know what I'm saying? Um, Bam. I think we hit that one. Entertainment. What's good, man? All right. So let's move to entertainment. And, you know, this is kind of a little short one I just wanted to throw out there because I just want to say, uh, you know, it's time to remove yourself from celebrity culture. It's just time. You know anything about the movie industry, and we talk about it all the time, it's still run by a lot of government entities. Studio Notes, Steve Mnuchin, the secretary, uh, secretary treasurer or, or something with Trump, with Donnie J. Yeah. yeah. He produces all these WB movies. I mean, literally go look it up. He executive produced like 30 Warner Brother movies. So we hate Trump, but, you know, we don't critically assess any of the ent- entertainment we're given. You know, we don't we think about propaganda as something the Soviets did, something yeah. the Chinese do. Exactly. 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 So it just comes to um, a celebrity, Mark Ruffalo, the Hulk. Uh, uh, also, um, I've, I've seen him uh, showing up to town hall meetings, you know, protesting. Yeah, he's uh, the always gas. out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like like uh, he's pro solar panel, all those good things. Um, he showed out support for Palestine, mm-hmm. uh, like any normal person would do. And uh, I believe two days later, he responds with this tweet after supporting Palestine and, and outright calling Israel uh, a genocidal de- uh, government. Mm-hmm. I have reflected. This is Mark Ruffalo. This oh, is my okay. Mark Ruffalo voice. <laughs> I have reflected and I want to apologize for the post during the recent Israel Hamas fighting that suggested Israel is committing genocide. It's not accurate. It's inflammatory, disrespectful, 
and is being used to justify anti-Semitism here and abroad. Now is the time to avoid uh, hyperbole. God, I mean, there's so much. There's a long string of things. So first, this is why we don't trust a dictionary definition of things because they're defined by people, and people have agendas. Um, so the way it, I'm sure somebody came to him and said, "Well, the UN defines genocide as," and it's like, okay, we're gonna get prescriptive. That's fine. Also, playing into the rhetoric that Israel has put out. And not taking into account the historical context and the nuance that Jews across the world face anti-Semitism. That's a fact. And that's a fact. Also, at the same time, this is true, too. Israel is committing genocide to the Palestinian people. These are war crimes. This is not the first time Israel has done it. Amoja and I talked about this for what they did to the Ethiopian Jews who tried to enter the country and they And they just kicked out 60 black Israelite families. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, white ethno state. White ethno state and that it does not want brown people. Also Palestinians are some yeah, and that, that was what I was going to say. Like, I mean, when we're talking about what it means to be Semitic, I say as a Semitic person, Palestinians are Semitic, right? It, it, Ashkenazis aren't the only Semitic people. You know, when we're talking about forcibly sterilizing Ethiopian Jews, who, by the way, many of them can trace their bloodlines all the way back to King Solomon. And they did it. By saying, hey, You're it's part of your vaccination. What was that phone call like you think he got? You, you think it was just somebody on? Uh, how gangster was it? Oh, I'm pretty sure was, Kevin Feige was like, you know, I've been talking to Edward Norton. You know, maybe for phase four, we could do you something do different. Norton. You say Kevin Feige. I bet it was Gal Gadot being like, Mark, my friends, <laughs> I'm Jewish and you are hurting me. I'm going to say something woke as long as it's cool for the status quo. But as soon as that might hurt my pocket or hurt any chance of me doing anything, even though I'm really entrenched into this Hulk character, it would actually be a huge backlash if they tried to get rid of him. I and mean, at least there was a backlash for that Stupid ass Guardians of the Galaxy director. There was a backlash for Jared Leto. Oh, I, I care to say gross. Mark Ruffalo is a much better Hulk than Jared Leto. So I just yeah. wanted to, this is like, you know, so I got another tweet, another tweet from a famous celebrity, uh, Greta Thunberg, as she discovered um, climate change. Uh, I think you, you all know that at this right. point. Uh, definitely not an industry plant. Definitely not. No. Definitely. Definitely um, hasn't been absorbed by the system. No. Yeah. This is a person who critically thinking about the environment, knows a lot of information about the, uh, you know, the environment comes out. And this is this was her uh, take on Palestine. To be crystal clear, I'm not against Israel or Palestine. Needless to say, I'm against any form of violence or oppression from anyone or any part. And again, it's devastating to, to follow the developments in Israel and Palestine. Man, it's devastating. It's devastating, but also these things are not equal. I I kind of hate that American journalism has the problems. There's problems on both sides. Has yes, yeah. that we have to treat every subject of, as if it's equal because the reality is is it's not fucking 
equal. These are not two equal things that we're talking about, especially when we consider that she's from a country that has committed genocide and was part of colonial conquest. Any Swedish or something? Yeah, that's Greta Thunberg. Yes, me. You know, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, like you. These people are not activists. They're they're not. And that's why they're platformed. You know just exactly. enough no. to soundbite. You know what I'm saying? Well, what was the chick, uh, Hermione, who is like now the 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 driving beacon for LGBTQ? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, all right, but where was this shit when the bag was on the line? Why why didn't you call out the writer? Because we all know she fucking anti everything. Oh yeah. You know if you really so strong for this shit, why don't you say I won't work for a fucking bigot? But that would cost you something. Uh, Emma Watson. Yeah, Emma, Emma Watson. Watson yeah. yeah. Okay, I think that's uh, I think that's the episode, guys. We're not gonna leave y'all out there. We're not like leaving that y'all again. No we'll be back really pretty much every regularly. Other week. You know what I'm saying? We going public pulse. We got this shit popping, man. So, um, I just wanted to say, uh, Matrix podcast, R.I.P. was yeah. great. Thank y'all yeah. so much it was for exactly for showing. what we needed. We not changing what we doing. Okay, we just wanted to rebrand. You know, we wanted to you know create Real something talk. new. We're gonna do bigger and better things. Public Pulse uh, News Network. This is uh, EMP, the podcast. Uh, follow us at Public Pulse News on Instagram, uh, Public Pulse News on TikTok. Uh, we are now off of Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook. Fuck Mark Zuckerberg. Fuck Mark Zuckerberg. And, um, you know, thank y'all for, for showing up. Any, any, any parting words from you, Muscle? <laughs> that, you know, your arms and your muscles can also be used for hugs. The murderous one, known as uh, Keita Marshall, wants to hug you and murder you. Um, <laughs> much love and um, virtual yeah. hugs, though. Yeah, virtual Still hugs. Yeah, keep your mask on. Uh, gang, gang, gang. Easy, I'm trying to do right. I'm. I mean, you know, now. You say Kevin Feige. I bet it was Gal Gadot being like. Mark, my friends. <laughs> I'm Jewish and you are hurting me. The father, nothing.